Just Man's the Podcast. up you guys welcome back to another episode of just man's the podcast it's your host amanda and happy freaking monday i hope you guys are having a lovely day so far let's see there's nothing much that i really need to update you guys on if you guys have been tuning in weekly you guys have noticed that i started doing life updates in the beginning of each episode however today i kind of want to keep the intro a little short and sweet because i do have a lot that i want to unpack throughout the course of this episode i feel like life has been pretty routine lately and i guess by routine i mean a little boring. I feel like it's almost the calm before the storm because again, if you guys have been following along, Lucas and I are moving into our new apartment August 2nd and I am giving birth to a baby boy late September. So I feel like right now there's not much going on and that tends to make me a lot more antsy when there's nothing going on because I'm I'm a go 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 person. I like to be busy. So when there's not much going on and I'm just in the house all day and I'm grinding on work on the computer for 8 hours a day, I tend to get really anxious. I'm working on it because I feel like I need to cherish this time where I'm not super busy and I'm not being dictated by a screaming newborn. I also feel like now that I'm nearing the end of my pregnancy, so I'm 31 weeks today when I'm recording this, and yeah, I feel like since I'm nearing the end of my pregnancy and we're, you know, still in a global pandemic, I'm getting a little bit more nervous about going out and being around a lot of people and quote unquote living my normal life because there's so much uncertainty with this virus and we don't know how it affects pregnant women. We don't know how it affects the baby. And also we don't know when the rules regarding delivery are going to change, if they're going to change again, if they're going to say the same or what it looks like when somebody, you know, goes in to give birth and then they test positive for COVID because they're testing everybody when they come in to labor and delivery to see if they have the virus. They're testing their spouses too. And obviously, you know, if their spouse is positive, I'm pretty sure they're not allowed to be there. So I'm getting a little bit more hermit vibes right now for myself. I'm like very much trying to stay home as much as possible while also tending to my mental health and making time for my friends. Uh, it's kind of struggle, but I'm working on it. And you know what? I love having this podcast because it makes me feel like I'm being social and talking to you guys and talking to my friends just from the comfort of my own home and not risking, you know, things with the virus. So very happy I have this podcast and I'm very happy to hear that you guys are loving it. I want to keep this intro short and sweet, like I said. However, before we get into this episode, I want to shout out someone who left me the sweetest message on Apple Podcasts. Her name is Hannah HP, and she says, love this podcast. She is so real and honest about everything she talks about. Look forward to this every week. 
Thank you so much, Hannah. You have no idea how much that means to me, especially because I put a lot of time and effort into recording this podcast for you guys weekly. I love it. It, again, makes me feel like I'm connecting with you guys. So I absolutely adore when I hear you guys' feedback and just get to hear from you guys on how you guys are liking it. Always, always, always give me a rating and review. However, you can also slide into my DMs on Instagram with any suggestions for podcast topics that you guys would like me to cover because... Like I said, I love recording this podcast because it gives me a social outlet when I need one. And also, I love sharing what I'm passionate about with you guys. However, I also want to cover topics that you guys are really interested in hearing about. So if you guys can send me any of your suggestions, do not hesitate to do so because it really helps me get to know you guys better and connect with you guys better and create the content that both you and I want to hear and talk about. You know what I mean? So again, always leave me a rating and review. It really, really helps other people find me and join this little community of ours. And also slide into my DMs. It's at JustMans on Instagram. And let me know what you guys want to hear. All right. I'm just going to be real with you guys. I felt super called to sit down and have an honest chat about all things relationships with you guys today because a lot of you slid into my DMs saying that you've either been recently broken up with or you broke up with someone recently and you need advice or advice on long distance. There's just a lot of relationship-ish going on right now that you guys seem like you need some help on and you guys have come to me about it and that's great. However, I don't want to just convey all my advice to you guys over DM, you know? Sometimes I can't get my thoughts across as clearly in words and DMs. So I want to sit down with you guys and record a podcast about it. So this is going to be everything long distance, breaking up, getting back together and spicing things up in the bedroom and in your long-term relationships. So if that sounds like something that you guys are here for, then just get ready. So someone asked me on Instagram if I had any deal breakers or I guess kind of just morals that the other person needed to possess for me to actually be into them. And I figured that would be a good way to start this episode was to kind of go over a few pillars for me, aka my philosophy on relationships and what I find is important within a relationship. I am no relationship expert. However, I've been in a relationship for seven years and I feel like I have a pretty good grasp of what a healthy relationship looks like, a loving relationship looks like, and I just wanted to share with you my values in a relationship so that you guys can get some context and just kind of gauge where I'm coming from with all the advice that I am about to give you. I'm not a therapist though, so if you feel like you need an expert opinion, this is not it. This is just picture me like your chatty girlfriend that you go to when you need the most honest, real advice. I'm your girl. So we're just sitting. You came to me because you're crying over an issue and I'm just here to tell you what's good, you know? Anyway, let me go over a few of the relationship pillars that are very, very prominent in my relationship and things that I just really value in relationships in general. So number one, I really feel that a relationship should never be forced. Relationships aren't supposed to be easy. 
but they also aren't supposed to be hard. So you should be with somebody who you voluntarily want to spend most of your time with. And I know that sounds so silly because you might be sitting there like, well, why do you think I'm in this relationship if I don't want to spend time with this person? But what I mean is you really have to like the person. Like, let that sink in. Like, you really have to like your significant other as a person. Not because you like to have sex with them. Not because they buy you nice things. Not because they tell you you're pretty. Not because of the fluff of relationship that can sometimes blind people from who the person really is. You genuinely have to like the person that you're in a relationship with. A relationship should never be forced. And when you actually care for your significant other as a person... It's a lot easier to make decisions regarding your relationship or regarding yourself, whether that's taking a break or moving in together or supporting a career choice that involves sacrifice. It's a lot easier to make those decisions if your relationship isn't forced and it's based off of genuine respect and caring of one another because that means that you have each other's best interest at heart. Your relationship and the decisions you make should never be forced, which leads me into my next relationship pillar, which is there has to be a willingness and effort from both sides. If one person is pulling more weight than the other, you will feel it. And you will feel like your relationship is being forced. Whether you're the person on the receiving end or the person who is slacking, it's not fair. Regardless of what side you're on, it's not fair. You can't foster a successful partnership based on an unequal foundation. You know, a house a house is going to crumble if one wall is weaker or less stable than the other. You know what I mean? You can quote me on that. Put a little uh, by just mans on the end of that quote. I'm serious though. It, it takes effort from both sides. And when there is an effort from both sides, that's where you will find that you feel like your relationship is being forced. And then the last pillar in relationships for me is honest communication. So I was going to say communication and then split it up and say honesty separately. But then I thought about it and I was like, there really is no communication if it isn't honest communication. And that's really how I feel. I feel like that's a staple in my relationship and that's something that Lucas and I have really worked on and pretty much honed. That's a skill that we really honed and that we really are good at now because we made it such a prominent thing in our relationship. If we want to be happy in life, we need to feel like we can be our 100% true selves. That requires transparency that requires honesty. This is the number one key to success in Lucas and I's relationship. Like I said, honest communication is everything. So let me just run through those pillars again. One, your relationship should never feel forced. There has to be a willingness and effort from both sides and you have to have honest communication. Those are the three things that I value the most within relationships. And now I'm going to get into more of the advice. So now you, now that you kind of know where my head's at in terms of my philosophy and what I value, 
my advice is going to be a lot more digestible. All right, I'm going to talk about breakups because it seems to be what is on you guys' mind the most and might be what a lot of you guys are going through right now. And my thoughts on breakups are that they happened for a reason. Whether it's your reason or someone else's, it happened because one person or both people And you might find later on that it was mutual. You, if you were broken up with, might not have realized that you weren't happy in the relationship at the moment, but later on you might realize that you weren't happy either. It happened because one person or both people were not satisfied, happy, or just weren't vibing with each other anymore. I think if we acknowledge that there was a purpose behind the breakup, whether we know that purpose or not, it's a lot easier to navigate them. All right, I know there's situations where people are broken up with or break up with someone because one person's just an asshole and I'm not going to give advice for those situations because I feel like we all probably know that those relationships that end are for the better. Or at least I, I hope that we know that if we were broken up with or we break up, break up with somebody that's an asshole, that it's probably for the better, you know? So I'm not going to talk about those relationships. I want to talk about the relationships and give advice to the people who were super invested with that person or they saw a future with them or they were together for a really long time and this is really hard because it just shakes your whole world. It flips your whole world upside down. That's who I want to talk to today. So if you were broken up with, here is my best advice. Try to respect the other person's decision. I know that's really hard. And if you are in the position where you are no longer with somebody because they chose not to be with you, I know that you're hurting right now. And I know it's really hard to wrap your head around respecting any decision of theirs right now. But I'm telling you, try to respect the other person's decision. Ask if ask for their reasoning if it feels like something that you need, but also know when to stop asking questions because sometimes you don't need to know exactly the why. And sometimes the person who broke up with you might not even know exactly the why. Sometimes there really just aren't enough words or there aren't the right words to express how you're feeling. And so if you are someone who was just broken up with, try and respect the other person's decision And know that maybe you don't need to know the why exactly, specifically. You don't need to know the specifics. Maybe you just need to know that it wasn't working, that there was something that wasn't satisfying your partner. And I'm not saying that you need to respect the other person's decision and then go blaming yourself for their decision. Don't blame yourself. Just respect the other person enough to have made that awareness that, okay, this relationship isn't working for me right now. Understand that the person made that decision for a reason. You might not know the reason. You really don't need to know the reason other than it just wasn't working. So the next thing I would say is to give yourself time and space to mourn. This applies to both the person getting broken up with or the person doing the breaking up. Feeling your feelings in the moment is not only so huge, and so good, but it's also so freaking important. You don't want to 
ignore your feelings, neglect your feelings, shove them down really, really deep and distract yourself so much that you don't feel anything. You're numb until three years down the line, you get into a new relationship and all of a sudden you start feeling all of the emotions that you felt when your ex broke up with you or you broke up with your ex and you have no idea why you're feeling this way because it was so long ago, but you never unpacked those feelings. You have to unpack those feelings and give yourself the time and space to do so. Give yourself the time and space to mourn. Whether you're the person who broke up with somebody or is the person or are the person who is getting broken up with. If you were in an invested relationship, if you were in a relationship that was long term and really serious, I don't care who broke up with who, both of you are going to mourn the loss of having that person in your life because life as you knew it changed regardless. So that's something that you guys are going to have to mourn is the old routines that you guys are no longer going to do together. Give yourself time and space to mourn. Next, I encourage you to lean on friends and family to hold you accountable for both healing and picking yourself back up. Or if you don't want to rely on friends and family to do this, if you just don't think that, you know, friends and family really are going to understand how long it's going to take you to heal or you just don't want them pushing you, set little goals for yourself. The reason it's so important to give yourself time and space to mourn is so you can really hone the skill of knowing when you need to be pushed and knowing when you need time. If you give yourself space and time, you allow yourself to reflect You get to know how you're feeling and you can make more informed decisions about your next steps. So giving yourself time and space to mourn and also leaning on friends and family to hold you accountable can really allow you to heal and again, set little goals for yourself. Maybe that's, okay, in a week, I'm going to call up a friend and we're going to FaceTime for an hour. Or in two weeks, I'm going to meet a friend for a picnic. In two and a half weeks, I'm going to do my makeup and I'm going to go out for happy hour with a couple of my girlfriends. Giving yourself those little goals for healing can be really, really helpful when you don't really know when it's time to stop mourning the way that you were mourning. Because again, you know, that initial week, you know, that that first day and then that first week and maybe even that first month of a breakup in a serious relationship, you might be crying in your bed all day long. You know, if that's what you need to do to process your emotions or you might just go go inward like a lot and not want to be around a lot of people and you might want to dive into into hobbies and self-reflection and being alone and really getting to know yourself that's fine but there comes a point where your everyday life your normal life your happy positive social life needs to resume and I think whether it's leaning on friends to hold you accountable or setting little goals for yourself to hold yourself accountable that is really important because you do you do need to 
make sure that you're getting back to yourself and you're getting back to your social lives. This next step might be a little hard to hear, especially if you're the person who was broken up with, but give the other person space and time too. The person who broke up with you might reach out, but they might not. The fact is that you need to give them the space and the time to make that decision. Again, they have feelings and emotions and thoughts that they need to sort through too because obviously they broke up with you. That's not an easy thing to do, especially in a relationship that was really serious. So give them the space and time that they're giving you. You know, don't blow up their phone. Don't be stalking their Instagrams. Don't be asking their friends what they're doing. Give them space and time to sort through their emotions. You know, if you really want to talk to that person, the best way to do it is to give them the time to come to you because we've all been there in a relationship where we're being ignored or the other person doesn't want to talk to us, but we want to and we're blowing up their phone. That is a surefire way for them to never want to talk to you again. I'm just saying. So again, they might not ever reach out to you, but I guarantee you if you give them the space to choose when they want to or not or choose if they want to or not, they are more likely to if you're not bothering them. You know what I mean? The next thing I want to stress is that you cannot, you cannot compare your healing to your exes. If this means that you have to unfollow them on all the social media platforms or you need to ask your friends to not talk about your ex or what they're doing or whatever, then do that. Whatever you need to do to not see what your ex is doing or not know how your ex is healing or coping or feeling, you need to do that because there is nothing that's going to derail your healing than knowing how the other person is doing. I understand that sometimes seeing the other person over you or going out and hanging out with friends and meeting new people and just doing them can kind of propel you into, oh, well, if they're doing that, then I need to be doing that too. So you get over them faster. I get that. But I still don't think that you should base your healing off of the other person. I don't think that you should make yourself go and try to get over the hurt that you've been feeling or try to heal when you're not ready to. If that person is great, good for them. But if you're not ready to and you're just going out and being social and drinking and partying and meeting new people because the other person is, that's not going to benefit you. If anything, it's going to set you back because it's not what you really wanted to do. You're doing it out of spite. Don't compare your healing or how you're processing to your exes because everyone processes a breakup differently. Even if you guys were in the same relationship, you guys are going to process that relationship and those hardships completely different. My last piece of advice for breakups is you need to use this time to prioritize you. I don't care if the person broke up with you or you broke up with them. You need to use this time to be selfish and to take this as an opportunity. Really see this as an opportunity to work on yourself, to 
dive into self-growth, to do things for you and solely you. I remember in my breakup, when Lucas and I broke up, I wrote in my journal, I don't remember the last time that I woke up in the morning and just thought about what is Amanda going to do? What is Amanda going to do? Not Amanda and Lucas. What is Amanda going to do? What am I going to do for myself today? Making yourself a priority might feel weird in the beginning, but it begins to feel so fucking good to just prioritize your needs and your wants and really be selfish. You're allowed to be selfish when you are going through a breakup. You need to be to really sort through your emotions and to sort through who you are and what you want to do, what your next steps are. View a breakup as an opportunity for growth. And by doing so, prioritize yourself. Do things for you. Don't worry about the other person. Do things for you. Dive into a new skill. Dive into a new hobby. Learn something new. Meet new people. Do that Zumba class you always wanted to do that your partner made fun of you for. Do whatever you want to freaking do because you can. You're allowed to. And it's important to do so, so that you evolve and you grow from the situation, this moment in your life. And you get a better grasp on who you are and later get a better grasp on who you want to be in a relationship with. So I, I say this for the people that are going through a breakup and probably never going to get back together again. However, I also say this for the people who are going through a breakup and then eventually do get back together with that person. That was the case for me. And I told myself the same thing. I made it an effort to prioritize myself during my breakup. Even though Lucas and I got back together in the end, I really needed to take that time to be selfish because I came back to my relationship better for it. I came back a better me so that we could be a better we. That was so cheesy, but I had to finish that. I set myself up, you know? Whether you break up with somebody and don't get back together with them or whether you break up with somebody and you get back together with them, if you take the time apart to grow and do your own thing and prioritize yourself and be your own person, you're going to come back a better person. So it's a win-win in in either situation, whether you get back together or not. You're going to be a better person out of self-growth, hopefully. That leads me into my next topic that I want to talk about that I got a lot of questions on, and that's getting back together with an ex. I don't really think that this is something a lot of people talk about because I don't think that getting back together with an ex is really that accepted. I think we're so quick to be like, yep, on to the next. Like, it's the whole thank you next vibe. Like, Once you're done with an ex, it's an ex. You don't go back to your ex. I remember the first time I met Graham, who was actually on my podcast episode with Josephine Barstow, all about sex toys and pure romance. That's a really fun episode. If you guys haven't listened to that one yet, go do so. So after you listen to this podcast, but yeah, Graham and I met in a class and we never hung out outside of class until like two months later and that class had already ended but we were sitting in class one time and Lucas was actually in town visiting me and this was before we actually got back together this was before we made it official we were just kind of feeling each other out again like it was one of the first times that 
he, I think it was the first time that he ever came to Boulder, but it was one of the first times that we saw each other after a year of not being together. So it was a big moment. And I remember I was going to class in the morning and Lucas just stayed at my house and I sat next to Graham and I was like, yeah, so guess what? My ex-boyfriend is sleeping in my bed right now while I'm in class. And he was like, oh honey, we don't do that. He's like, we don't, we don't do exes. What do you mean? Like, we don't, we don't go back to our exes. I was like, no, 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 this is different. Like, trust me, this is different. I was like, no, no, no. So, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think, I don't think getting back together with an ex is really something that's widely considered as a positive thing. And I'm not saying that I don't agree with that actually, because again, a breakup happens for a reason. And you know, a lot of the time a breakup happens because you guys weren't a, weren't a right match. But there are those few cases where you guys are a good match and you needed that time to grow and, and be apart. And that was the case for Lucas and I. I got this question on Instagram and it basically said, how do I know when I should stop waiting around for someone and how to stop waiting around for someone? And honestly, my best answer is I'm not sure. I think everyone and every partnership is different, so I really can't give you a blanket answer. However, I will share how it happened for Lucas and I. So if you guys are new here and you don't know anything about me or my relationship, I got together with my boyfriend, who is currently my boyfriend, Lucas, when we were 16 years old. We were together for three years. We broke up after freshman year of college. We were broken up for a year and a half and are back together now with a freaking baby boy on the way. So really did a glow up. We've now been back together for over a year and our relationship is better than ever. But I will say, here's kind of how it, how it went. When I broke up with him, I fully intended for us to get back together. I more so wanted it to be a break. I knew that I needed some time on my own. I knew that I wanted to maybe transfer schools and go somewhere new. And I didn't really want the restraints of someone, someone's opinion and someone telling me, you know, not, not that he was going to tell me don't go, but I didn't really want anybody else's opinion on my decision to make a change for myself that I knew was going to be better. I didn't want to have to factor a boyfriend into the equation of what I wanted to do next. However, I knew that I loved him so much. So when I first broke up with him, I intended to get back together with him. I knew that he was the one for me. But then a month later, I didn't feel that way. You know, I was loving being single. I I didn't realize that, okay, maybe taking time apart is good for me in more than one way and I just started to feel like I didn't want to be with him anymore and then another month went by and I was like fuck maybe I do want to be with him and then another month went by and I was like no I'm good I don't want to be with him so what I'm what I'm getting to is that when a breakup happens Usually what follows in the weeks, in the months, and maybe even years is a whole lot of fucking confusion. You don't know how you feel about that person and you might not know for a year like me. I knew that I loved him and then I didn't want to be back together with him. I knew that I wanted to get back together with him, but then I was like, well, do I really want to do this? It's just a lot. It's a lot of 
back and forth. And I think that's why I can't stress this enough, but like it's the most simple answer and the most frustrating answer. But how to know if you should stop waiting around, you got to give yourself time. Like what you both need is time. And that is the only thing that's going to show you whether you want to get back together with this person or not. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in a week. It's not going to happen in a month. You really need to give you guys time to process your feelings and figure out yourselves so that you can make a better and a more informed decision on getting back together with that person. And so you can really make sure that your feelings aren't fleeting. Like I said, in the beginning, I really wanted to get back together with Lucas. And then I was like, nope, no way. And then I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then I was like, what am I thinking? So (laughs) feelings can be very fleeting. And I think if you're in the position where right now you might be like, fresh out of a breakup out of a relationship and feeling like you want to get back together with that person but I I I challenge you and I ask you to wait on it and maybe give yourself another week or give yourself another month and then revisit that situation because I truly 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 believe that if a relationship is meant to be it will be and that person will be there in a week or a month or a year if you both are you know right for each other in the end But again, you got to give yourself that time to really see that through and see your potential through and and sort through your feelings. So how to know if you should stop waiting around? (laughs) I can't really give you an answer on that. You just got to give yourself some time. I can, however, talk about how to stop waiting around. And my answer is a little different than what you might expect. I don't think you necessarily have to 100% stop waiting around for that person because I don't think that you will just naturally like if you're involved enough in a relationship and it goes south and you know you both loved each other so much that's just not going to go away overnight you're gonna have that person in your heart regardless if you want to or not and so I think a little bit of your heart will always continue to yearn or quote-unquote wait for this person even if you might not be realizing it or even if you might not be wanting to. So I don't necessarily think that you have to stop waiting around for this person. I don't think that that's a realistic thing to assume that, you know, just because you're out of a relationship, you just are going to stop waiting for that person when you obviously still love them. So don't get hung up on like, I have to stop waiting around for this person no more. Like I'm going to wake up tomorrow and never think about this person again because that's not realistic. As for advice on how to stop waiting around for them though, because I think there's a difference between your heart still longing for someone and then you just physically and mentally making decisions based on waiting around for this person, like that person's holding, holding you back. I'm not condoning that. I don't think that you should let somebody hold you back if you're broken up with them. So again, I just, I wouldn't go back. I know this is going to sound like a broken record, but I go back to, you got to prioritize yourself. If you guys end up getting back together, then cool. You're going to be a better person in your relationship for it. But if you don't get back together, then cool. You're going to be a better person just in general for it. So prioritize yourself. Um, You can't, you can't wait around for somebody physically and, 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 mentally your heart might a little bit and that's okay but you can't just stay stagnant 
because you're hoping that a relationship is going to work out in the end. You have to be selfish. You have to take care of you. You have to explore yourself and you have to do it for a while because only time will tell you if you're going to get back together with that person. All right, we're going to get into long distance and spicing things up a little later on in this episode. But first, I want to go over some of the tips for getting over a breakup that you guys shared with me on Instagram because I asked you guys what you guys' favorite ways to cope with a breakup is, what your process is, what is your best advice for people who are going through breakups. And I got a lot of good, got a lot of good feedback. I want to just come out with a bang on this first tip. Someone said self-love and masturbation. If that isn't the holy grail answer, I don't know what is. (laughs) So self-love and masturbation. I'm going to get on board with it. Oh, it is pouring rain outside. Sorry if you guys can hear. This is like the second time I've tried to record a podcast, like the second time in a row, and it's just downpoured. Sorry if you guys can hear that. Where was I? Oh, yeah. Masturbation. (laughs) I can get on board. Self-love and masturbation. Yeah, absolutely. Tips for getting over a breakup. You know, I think one of the hardest things about breaking up with somebody is not having that access to intimacy. So get yourself a vibrator. Do some research first. Maybe listen to that episode that I did with sex educator and pure romance party host, Josephine Barstow. And I Graham was also on that episode. Maybe listen to that and kind of get an idea of what kind of sex toy you'd want or, you know, don't use sex toy. But yeah, utilize masturbation when you're getting through a breakup because the last thing you want to do is just sleep with somebody else and not feel good about yourself or not feel good about them and it just be kind of like a, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not saying that sleeping around after a breakup is a bad thing. I'm just saying that you're probably not going to feel healed from from it or it's not going to help you in your healing process. So yeah, self-love and masturbation. I love a girlfriend. I'm right behind you. I got a lot of people saying that the gym was their go-to for breakups. So, you know, diving into the gym and again, prioritizing yourself and your body and your health. And I, I totally agree with this. I think that you know, as long as you're not using the gym in a punishment way, like if you're if you're doing it because it's genuinely making you feel better, absolutely. I love I love this. The gym is a great hobby to pick up. Someone said that she wrote letters to herself to check in, which I think is such a cute way to get over a breakup because like I was saying in the beginning, if if you're not somebody who wants to lean on your friends and family to hold you accountable, lean on yourself, you know? talk to yourself and talk yourself up and check in on yourself. I think that's so important because again, your mind is is your biggest enemy and you are your biggest enemy. And I think if if you're constantly reminding yourself of your own strength, then it's going to help you heal and it's going to help you get through your breakup a lot easier. So I love this. Yeah, write letters to yourselves. So someone said filling your time with other things, basically like distracting yourself. And Yes. Okay. Distracting yourself can be a great way for people to explore their individuality. So if you're constantly filling your day with yoga classes and lunch with friends and calling your mom and going out for happy hour and watching a movie with 
a good friend, like that's great. Or, you know, scheduling time out to be self-reflective and journal and whatever. That's great. I, I do think that helps, but I want you to be careful because distracting yourself can also, you know, it can also make you bury things down deep. And you don't want to do that because again, you don't want to never acknowledge your feelings and then them come up three years later in a relationship that's actually super great. And the person's like, why are you crying over dinner? I thought you loved me. And you're like, I do love you, but I never sorted through that one breakup I had in 2017. You know what I mean? Like you can't distract yourself too much because then you're never going to feel the emotions that you need to in order to heal. So yes, I think distracting yourself to an extent is great, but as long as you're making room for self-reflection, then yeah, that's great. But again, make sure you are doing those things so that you don't bury your emotions too deep. So then I got a lot of self-care, planning adventures with friends and getting into a new hobby, focusing on being self-reflective, trying to take time to connect to who you are and remember that the, remember the person that you are remember that you are a person outside of your relationship so i i think we're all boiling down to one thing which is you this is time for all things you this is a time to prioritize yourself this is a, pro- a time to explore yourself this is a time to get back to your individuality to be selfish to focus on you and only you Whether you get back together with your partner or not, you are going to be a better person if you allow this to be an opportunity for self-growth. All right, so that wraps it up for breaking up and getting back together. Now let's talk about long distance because this is actually the most common question I get whenever I ask about relationships or people inquire about my relationship because, again, if you guys are new here, Lucas and I dated for two and a half years in high school where we lived in the same place so we weren't doing long distance but then for junior and senior year of college we were completely long distance and then that year that we were broken up we were in a complete completely different state so we have been long distance for half of our relationship and I think that we not really like nailed long distance because I don't think anyone can really nail long distance However, I think we made it work for us in a way that we both felt really good about long distance. It wasn't something that we were like, ugh, like I hate this long distance. Obviously, you wish you can be with your significant other, but we were actually able to find some pros within long distance. You know, getting getting the things that you need to get done done without having the distraction of another person or spending time with your friends and also having that that fun feeling of longing and knowing that you're going to you're going to go visit this person for a weekend and you have things to look forward to like there are there are perks within long distance relationships if you guys are young adults and independence is something that you're really really into and growing your own careers and your own aspirations is something you're really into so Long distance is great for some people. Long distance is also really, really hard. It's never easy. And obviously, being with the person 24-7 is way better. But yeah, I think Lucas and I got to a point where long distance worked for us as well as it could. And we were able to find some pros within it. So 
I want to share my relationship pillars again because I think they're what really helped me navigate long distance. So reciprocation of effort was huge. Honest communication was huge and a willingness to be with that person was so, so, so freaking huge because if you don't have those three things and if you don't have a willingness to be with that person, why are you doing long distance? It's not worth it, you know? So I'm going to go into my thoughts on long distance and my advice for long distance. I think it's so important when you're in a long distance relationship to give the other person space to be themselves wherever they are. So if you, well, for example, Lucas was in Pensacola. He was in Florida. I was in Colorado. So I had to realize that just because Lucas was dating me didn't mean that his life in Pensacola didn't exist and didn't mean that he didn't have his own life and his own friends and his own routines in Florida and vice versa. He had to realize that just because I was dating him and I was his girlfriend, that didn't mean that I didn't have a life of my own and, and my own friends and my own people and things of my own in Colorado. And you can't take those things away from one another. So I think it's really, really important to not only understand that this, the person has another life that they're living, but it's so important to encourage them to live that life and to encourage them to be present in that life. You know, thank God for phones. Like, could you imagine if, if you had to write a letter to your significant other and that's how you were doing long distance? Like, that would be really hard. But thank God for phones. Like, we can text each other. We can check in. We can FaceTime. So because we have that access, that tangible access, that quick access, give the other person space to do themselves and, and to hang out with friends and be their own person and be present in the life that they're in in their own state. I also think it's super important to understand their routine or their schedule. Understanding their everyday routine or their everyday schedule is so crucial and really helps to mitigate the why aren't you answering my text or calls conversations. If you know the other person's routine, you know what they're doing on a day-to-day basis, then you probably won't have to wonder why they're not texting you back or calling you back. You'll probably know, oh, you know, he has class in an hour, so he's probably getting a gym a gym session in. Or, oh, he has this fraternity thing tonight, so that's probably why he's not texting or calling me back. Or, oh, he's grabbing dinner with friends tonight. Like, if you are aware of the person's day-to-day, then you won't have to worry about what they're doing. And you need to ask what their day-to-day schedule is, you know, that you can't just assume that the other person knows what you're doing 24-7. So the way that worked in my relationship is Lucas and I would call each other every morning. We'd kind of give each other a rundown of what our days were looking like. So, you know, if I had a really busy day, I would be like, hey, babe, like I'm, I got class all day and then work and then homework and then I'm going to go to the gym and then I'm going to dinner with friends. So he probably you know, he knows that he probably isn't going to hear from me until I'm going to bed and I'm going to give him a call. And if he doesn't answer, I'll text him and vice versa. If he, if Lucas had a fraternity thing that he was hosting at his house and he was cooking and, and, you know, he was with a bunch of people, I I knew that he probably wasn't going to text me or call me and that's okay. But because we had those conversations in the morning talking about what our day was going to look like, it made it so much easier to not argue or not get in little fights or not 
have tension or not get mad at the other person if they didn't, you know, give us attention over the phone. So I really encourage you guys to have those conversations and get to know your partner's schedule if you guys are in a long distance relationship. The next thing I think is super important is to establish what works for you in terms of communication. So like I said, Lucas and I would call each other in the morning and then call each other at night. And if he went to bed before me, I would and didn't answer, obviously, I would just text him a goodnight text, but and vice versa. But throughout the day, we didn't really talk. We would send each other a text here and there if we had slower days or he'd send me a picture of his lunch or just, you know, little things here and there if like we really wanted to say something to one another. But for the most part, we talked in the morning and talked at night and let each other kind of go about each other's day because we were both in school. We were both full-time students. And like I said, he had his own life. I had mine. So we wanted to let each other do what we needed to do, get the things that we needed to get done in school and hang out with friends and be present. So what worked for us is morning and night phone calls or morning phone calls and nighttime FaceTime. That's what worked for us, but that might not work for everybody. So whether you guys love to FaceTime morning and night, or you guys love to text throughout the day and then call each other at night, you know, maybe you don't even want to call in the morning because you're busy, or maybe you just call each other after dinner. And you know, if it works for you, it works for you. Don't get caught up in what other people are doing. You know, like I said, Lucas and I did this certain thing in terms of communication. This is what worked for us, but that might not work for you guys. So just, you know, figure out what works for you through both of you guys' schedules and the way that you guys work as people. And I think that you guys will be able to communicate better if you guys have the conversation of, okay, what works for us in terms of communication? When, when do we feel like our communication is best? Figure it out for yourselves. So I'm going to go into spicing things up next, but I wanted to let you guys know to stick around until the end of this episode because in terms of long distance advice, I have a lot of blog posts and I even have a podcast episode with Lucas that we did a few episodes back all about long distance. And these are such good resources for you guys if you guys are currently going through long distance. So again, stick around until the end of the episode for those long distance resources. It's getting hot in here. Wow. That's, I'm so embarrassed that I just sang that because that wasn't even good. (laughs) I'm not going to Hollywood. That's for damn sure. I wouldn't vote me through. (laughs) Okay, we're talking about spicing things up, okay? I'm going to be super honest here. Lucas and I could probably get better at this, especially in terms of the bedroom. Now, Lucas, before you listen to this and you're like, what? You're like thrown off? Don't get me wrong, okay? we've So Lucas and I have been together for a while and our sex life is great. However, it could be more enjoyable. But again, babe, don't get the wrong idea. There's so many reasons why our sex life could be way more enjoyable than it is right now. One, we live in the same house as my parents and my sister. So there's not there's not much privacy, you know? And two, we're both super busy. He's got his own job. I am like on the computer 24-7 for just man's work and other work. And I'm studying for my personal trainer's exam. Like there's a lot going on in our lives and he's gone for work a lot. So that's a factor. And three, I'm freaking pregnant. 
so we're very limited (laughs) we're very limited in what in terms of like positions and what feels good so that's what I mean by like we could get better at this at the moment but our circumstance doesn't really permit for you know exploration in that realm but we are moving into our new apartment really soon and I only have two months of pregnancy left which is so freaking weird by the way But yeah, we're really excited to be able to connect intimately again the way that we want to. It's actually really funny that I got this question on Instagram. I got this a few times actually, how to spice up your relationship, especially if it's a long-term relationship. And it's funny because we, I just had a conversation with Lucas about this. Um, and my first tip is to have a conversation with your partner. So maybe don't say I'm not enjoying sex with you. Maybe don't say that, but you could say, I really like doing this with you. Maybe we can try this as well. A good way to ask, like I asked Lucas the other day, or a good way to maybe just spice up your sex life in a long-term relationship is asking the other person what their fantasy is. That's what I asked Lucas the other day. And not only is it super important to ask about the other person's fantasies because it makes you makes you guys feel just a little bit more liberated but it also helps you connect in a new way intimately and it also is like something that's very sexy to talk about like it it's very it's it's very much a turn on if you ask your partner especially your long-term partner what their fantasy is it's like kind of a kind of a way of role-playing or not role-playing foreplaying that's what I mean it's kind of a way of like for foreplaying and like getting the other person excited that you're you're appeasing their fantasies or you're maybe considering them you know so a good way to spice it up is just to have a conversation with the other person and ask them what their fantasies are in true just man's style I think spicing things up also means spicing things up intellectually I'm such a nerd <laughs> But I mean it like I think you got to make sure that you're still connecting on a conversational level. Like I think it's so crucial. Lucas and I love to grab dinner together. We love an outside vibe because, you know, if it's light out still, you can see each other better and it's not as like dim as a restaurant is and it's usually more quiet on a patio and it's just a better vibe to connect with each other and have a good conversation We also love going for walks together, but during these times, we talk, like we actually use this time to talk and get to know each other and talk about our relationship and just kind of connect on that conversational relationship level. We're not on our phones during this time. I hate being on my phone at the dinner table. I don't care if I'm with my grandma, my eight-year-old cousin. Do I have an eight-year-old cousin? No, he's like 10. My, (laughs) I don't care if it's my younger cousin. I don't care if it's a stranger. I don't care if it's my boyfriend. I don't care if it's my mom. I don't care if it's my dog. I don't like being on the phone during dinner. So I think that's huge. We don't, we don't go on the phone while we're at dinner unless like, you know, we're looking things up or something. Cause I'm like the queen, queen of Google. But yeah, I just, I really make sure, we both really make sure to utilize the time that we do spend together, like going for walks or going to dinner to get to know each other. And I know this is going to sound super silly, but I often ask him, how are you? And even if I spend the whole day with him, I'll just be like, how are you? Like, how, how was your day? How are you today? And sometimes he'll be like, 
what do you mean? Like, you know what I did today? Why? What do you mean? How, how am I? We spent the whole day together, but like, I just, I think it's important. I think it's nice to check in with each other mentally because you never know. You could be in a relationship with somebody who doesn't find it as easy to open up on his own. And you might go through a whole day with someone with them having a lot on their minds and them just not knowing how to bring it up. So maybe if you just prompt them and say, how are you? Like, how are you feeling? What's going on in your mind? How, how are things today with you? Like, I think, I think that's important. I think that's something that we don't do enough. You know, the three words, how are you go so unnoticed and it gets so underappreciated in our culture because it's like the first thing we say to somebody hi how are you like we don't really care how how they are but I think if we if we kind of just take those three words back and really give value and meaning to them again and actually actually care actually ask them with intent I think that can really help us quote-unquote spice things up in our relationship because I think it could it could facilitate better connection I think spicing things up in the bedroom or just intellectually and on a conversational level is so huge in relationships where you guys have been together for a long time. Lucas and I say this all the time. We want to be 50 years old or 70 years old and still continuing to get to know each other, asking each other, what's your favorite color? Has that changed? What's your favorite number? What is your favorite season? What are your thoughts on this topic that we talked about 10 years ago? Do you have a changed opinion about that? Or, you know, just anything. I think I think if you continue to get to know each other in your relationship, maybe just asking each other more often, how are you? Then you guys are gonna you guys are gonna be fine and you guys are gonna sustain your relationship because you're constantly growing together, separately, but together, you know? So I figured before we wrap this episode up, I would go into a few miscellaneous relationship questions that I got on Instagram because I got quite a lot of responses from you guys in terms of questions in about relationships. So I figured I would just answer them. The first one that I wanted to go into is tips on arguing because I think it's actually important to talk about this within this this episode because it's all about relationships tips on arguing and what to do to get over arguing. So I think the first thing is that you need to have empathy because every person has different coping mechanisms and every person has a different love language and every person has a different way of processing an argument. And you need to understand their needs within an argument. So for example, Lucas is a very give me space and let's come back to this kind of person like when we have big arguments where they just kind of escalate and blow out of proportion he's the type of person that's like I'm gonna walk away before we both say something even more stupid I'm gonna walk away I need to get away from you I need to process my emotions and then I'll come back to you where I'm very much like no let's talk it out let's figure it out now like let's fix this right this second like I'm super like no we need to do this now I don't want to walk away from you because I also don't want it to linger like I just want to get it over with I want to talk about it now and I want to resolve it he's like nah I gotta marinate on it which pisses me off but like I think you have to have empathy for the way that the person works in the way that the person processes things because I think that's the only way that you're really going to understand how to argue more efficiently 
if that makes sense. Like I think arguing is helpful and healthy sometimes, but I think you need to learn how to argue more efficiently so that you're not just having blowout arguments all the time. My first real tip though is you must be willing to say I'm sorry and don't follow it up with a but if it is not necessary. So what I mean is like if you're apologizing for something that you really don't want to apologize for and you're like I'm sorry but you made me do this like or I'm sorry but I did that because you did this like that's not always necessary. You know, maybe if if it's an argument where you both were in the wrong. So you say, I'm sorry for what I did, but I also need you to know that what you did was not okay too. So I think buts can be okay in that situation. But if it's like a little argument where, you know, you know you're clearly in the wrong, don't try and justify it by saying like the way that they reacted made you react. Like, we get it. We get that that happens in in arguments. Just say I'm sorry and get over it. You know, that leads me to my next tip, which is pick your battles. Learn to navigate what fights are worth it and which ones are unnecessary because there are certain fights and arguments that are worth having that can really be pivotal moments in your relationship. But then there are also other times where, you know, arguing just isn't freaking worth it. And I think... I don't want to be that person, but I'm going to be that person right now. I think that comes with maturity because I think it's a lot easier for me to do that now whenever I argue with Lucas, you know, kind of choosing like or having the ability to be like, okay, you're right, babe. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. Just to kind of end it because I know it's a stupid argument. I think that comes with maturity because when I was younger, I wanted to win. (laughs) Like, if I'm being honest, I want it to be right. And I think as you get older, that desire or that need to be right in a relationship argument goes away. So, yeah, just pick your battles. So this next tip is actually one that I learned from Lucas in the way that he processes, which is to give each other space if nothing is getting resolved and things might be escalating. I think it's important to recognize for how long and when you need to give each other space. But I think it's important because I have noticed in the times where Lucas quote unquote wins and walks away from me before I can, you know, get him to stay. <laughs> it's actually better because I'm like, oh my gosh, like I, I, I will start to think to myself like, oh my gosh, I, you know, was totally in the wrong or oh my gosh, this is what I want to say to him or I just can process a lot more and I think you can kind of let the heightened emotions die down a little bit if you're just alone and you guys take time apart from each other rather than just continuing to get angry and having the the conversation or the argument get get more heated and then nothing gets resolved. So if your end goal is resolution, maybe try stepping away from the argument so that you guys don't say things that you regret and that you guys give yourself time to process. And then my last tip is one that, again, I think I think is really something that just might come with maturity. And honestly, you know, I'm just getting there. Sometimes I'm, I'm still, I still have to work on it. Sometimes Lucas still has to work on it. But what it is, is I think you need to put your stubbornness aside. So... 
Lucas and I are very stubborn people and whenever we're in an argument and we've come to a resolution but we still are in that argument mood where it's like we still don't want to give in to one another and we're like everything's fine now we come to an agreement now but I really didn't like what you did or something like that it's really hard for us to give in to the other person's love language so what I mean is like Lucas is a very physical touch person but when we get into an argument he like refuses to be the person to like give me a hug first like he's like no I'm not giving you a hug like we just got into a fight like I'm not like even though it's resolved now and it's fine and I love you like I can't give you a hug but (laughs) sometimes it's just what the what will make it better you know if you just put your stubbornness aside and like give that person a hug or give that person a kiss or you know just say sorry like it really just makes all the difference in the world and it can feel good to put your stubbornness aside sometimes the last question I want to answer that I got from Instagram is do I have any deal breakers I thought this was a fun one because I have had the same boyfriend. Lucas was my first boyfriend and he was my only boyfriend even when we were broken up. So I've had the same boyfriend for forever. And, you know, my first boyfriend just turned out to be the person that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. So this is a really fun one for me to answer because I never really thought about it. But I think deal breakers for me are definitely someone who doesn't prioritize me or listen to me. Listening to me is a huge thing. I'm a talker. I love to ask questions. I love to vent and I'm always thinking about something. So I need someone who's like attentive and can actually hear me out. So if somebody wasn't able to do that, that would be a deal breaker. Someone who goes clubbing four nights a week, nothing against that lifestyle. Like if that's what you want, then cool. But that's not me. I very much love being at home and I don't love a club. I don't love a sweaty club getting drunk, you know, first of all, I'm pregnant, but like second of all, I never really enjoyed that. Someone who doesn't like deep conversation. Like I said, I need someone who listens to me, but I also need someone to get in there with me, you know, like get into the deep conversation. And if someone couldn't do that, then if Lucas couldn't do that, I wouldn't be with him. Ooh, this is something that I actually think would be such a deal breaker is someone who can't hold their own at a social gathering. So what I mean is if I was dating somebody and I brought him over to my friend's house for a social gathering, like, you know, a group of us, a group of my friends were meeting him for the first time and he was like clinging to me the whole time, wouldn't really engage in or spark up a conversation with my friends. If I was with somebody who just couldn't go into a situation where they're hanging out with all my friends and really get to know people and spark up conversation without having to be talked to and you know, someone who just clinged, clinged by my side the whole time or expected me to answer questions for him. Like I couldn't do that. Like I need someone to go in to a social gathering with my friends and make them feel like he wants to get to know them and that he's their friend too. And that he cares about them. And you know, I don't have to be there in the conversation 24 seven. Like that's something that Lucas is really, really good at whenever he's in a situation where he's meeting some of my friends that maybe he hasn't met before he is so good at just holding his own and 
being his own person and I don't have to talk to him like the whole night and he'd be totally fine. You know what I mean? All right, you guys. Well, damn, I just talked for an hour and 20 minutes. I don't know. I don't think this podcast is going to be that long when I edit it, but yeah, your girl just talked for forever and it's currently 10.05 PM. So this is a night episode. One of the first night episodes that I've actually recorded, but I'm digging it. That being said, I am going to wrap this up so that I can go eat a bite of ice cream and then hit the hay. However, I wanted to give you guys some relationship resources before I went. So I recorded a podcast episode with my boyfriend, Lucas, called Baby Daddy in the Building. That one is such a good episode for you guys to listen to if you guys just want some more context on long distance, breaking up, just relationships in general, and kind of more specific to my relationship. I believe that is episode 10 on the podcast. So go check that one out. Again, it's called Baby Daddy in the Building. I also wanted to mention a few blog posts that I have written over the years. I think the oldest one of these posts that I'm going to mention is three years old. But I went through all of them today and they're all really, really great for just... I don't know. I think I think that you can benefit from reading them, whether you're going through a breakup or you're breaking up with somebody or you're in a long distance relationship or you're having relationship issues or you just want to read about relationships. I think that these blog posts that I'm about to share are going to be really good for you. So get a pencil or a pen or write these down in your notes. I will also have them in the show notes linked below so you guys can go get them a read. But The blog posts that I think would be really great for you to read are sometimes we need others to make us happy. That's a good one for kind of just feeling more confident in your relationship and not feeling bad for gaining happiness from your relationship and yeah, making you feel strong and better in your relationship. The next one is what they don't tell you about being in a relationship, which I think is a good one if you know, you're going through struggles or hardships within your relationship, but it's not necessarily means for breaking up. It's just a hard time in your relationship, which, you know, that happens. Life happens and life is hard sometimes. Relationships happen and relationships are hard sometimes. The next blog post that I want to share is how to navigate long distance relationships. And I think this is probably my most read relationship blog post that I've ever written. So, Definitely go give this one a read if you guys are in long distance relationships or thinking about long distance relationships or just kind of want to get good perspective on any relationship in general. I think, again, how to navigate a long distance relationship can also benefit a regular relationship. So definitely go give that one a read if you haven't already. One that I thought was really fun to include, it's called Questions About Love. This is kind of a abstract poem not a prose piece but not a poem kind of just a creative writing piece that I wrote about love and I think it just kind of showcases the confusion within relationships and love and how there is no black or white or right or wrong or real true answer sometimes The next blog post is the misconception of moving on. I think this is a really good one for all of you guys who are struggling with the breakup and, you know, are maybe 
getting pressure to move on or forcing yourselves to move on, this is just a really good read about moving on. And I think you guys would really enjoy it if you're going through a breakup. Another one is called There's Beauty in Suffering, and this is one that can kind of apply to any aspect of your life, but also it can apply to relationships, and I think it's just good perspective for the hurt that you might be experiencing if you're going through a breakup right now. The next one I want to talk about is change. I think this one's my oldest blog post, but I think it's important if, you know, you're not satisfied in your relationship or you're scared to make a make a change in your relationship or you're scared to do long distance or any sort of change in your relationship I think this is a good read to just gain some perspective and maybe get some hope and feel a little bit better about making a change and then lastly I think you guys should read breaking up in the digital age because it gives I think it's just a really interesting perspective (laughs) Not to toot my own horn, but I think I think this is just something that I really loved that I was able to write and share with you guys because it's such a weird thing to break up in an age where we can still see the every move of that person. Like if you guys have been through it, you guys know what I'm talking about. It's weird to break up in the digital age and I kind of just write about it and go over it and give people tips for how to navigate a breakup with social media being a thing and whatnot. So definitely give that one a read as well. All right, you guys, I want to say thank you for hearing me out and listening to all the advice that I had to give and just sitting down and chatting with me today about relationships and breakups and long distance and spicing things up and just everything. So I hope you guys were able to get a little bit of advice or take something away from this episode. You guys can always find me on my Instagram at JustMans or you can find me on my blog JustMans.com or you guys can hit the subscribe button for my YouTube channel. You can follow me. It's just Amanda DeMarco. I don't know if there's like a handle like an at handle for YouTube. I don't think there is. I'm new to YouTube, but I'm getting more into it. So you guys can find me there as well. I will see you guys in the next podcast episode. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.